Yo, what's up, guys? You're now listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for your word tonight. Um, I thank you for Jesus being our example. And I thank you, God, that you speak to us now. That we don't have to go through anyone else. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through rituals of cleansing in order to hear from you. That we can just enter your presence and and hear what you have to say. So, God, I pray that uh, we're ready to hear you tonight. Um, And I just ask that you would speak what each person needs to hear. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You can high-five your neighbor as you take your seat. So this is the last week of our Show Me the Way series, because next week is our Christmas party. Yes, I'm very excited for it. But we're wrapping up this series tonight. So the first week, we looked at the wise men. Remember that? The three wise men following the star. Last week, we looked at Mary and Joseph, so the parents of Jesus. Tonight we're going to look at Jesus himself. Seems fitting, right? So the title of my message tonight is The Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. So we read verses 1 through 5, which were Jesus talking, but listen to what verse 6 says. If you have your Bible, you can read it in there as well. It says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So if you were sitting there thinking to yourself, what? You're not alone. The Jewish people that Jesus was talking to in the time, they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. So Jesus also being a teacher went on to explain. So in verse 14, he says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. In other words, we are his sheep, and he is our shepherd. So side note, this is another example of Jesus' humility. We've talked about this a few times, about Jesus being our example of humility, and that he was the humble servant and the humble sacrifice. But believe it or not, in the times of the Bible, being a shepherd was not really a sought-after job. In fact, people often looked at shepherds and considered them kind of dirty. They didn't really want to be around them. It wasn't something sought after. It was something that was seen as a lowly position. Yet it was needed, right? Someone had to tend after the sheep. And really, the real work that Jesus did wouldn't be sought after by men. If you really look at what 
what Jesus sacrificed and what his life looked like, most people wouldn't really seek after it. But it needed done. His people need a shepherd, and so he likened himself to the humble position of a shepherd as he humbled himself to God's plan for his life. And so now we know that Jesus is referring to himself in the scriptures that we will read as they're talking about a shepherd. So there's two things that he says he will do as our good shepherd. The first one is this, a good shepherd cares for his sheep. A good shepherd cares for his sheep. I want to read to you verses 10 through 14 of this. It says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Who do we know to be the thief? Satan. So Satan comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. And he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. It says that he came that we would have life and have life abundantly. To anyone who tells you that God doesn't want you to have fun or that he only wants you to suffer has never read the scripture. This is the scripture that you should be using to attack that lie. And believe me, I've heard it. Like God's just a killjoy. He has all of these rules, all these things that he places on your life because he doesn't want you to have any fun. But Abundant life doesn't describe a life of suffering or of boredom. When you think about abundant life, you don't think of just barely making it by. And as our shepherd, he cares so much about us, it says that he lays his life down. He lays his life down. And this is actually the plan that he submitted to. This isn't just a figure of speech. You know, sometimes you have these friends that are like, yeah, I'd take a bullet for you. Cool, have they done it? No. But Jesus did. Jesus actually laid his life down. He gave his life up to the Roman guards to be put on trial and wrongly convicted so that he could die as a perfect sacrifice for his sheep, us. Jesus talked about how He talked about a hired hand and how it doesn't own the sheep, so it doesn't care about them. He says that when a wolf would come, when trouble would come, the hired hand would leave the sheep and let the wolf take them. So what might this be in our own lives, right? What is a hired hand? What disguises itself as a shepherd, but's really a hired hand? Well, maybe it's sex. Or porn. But only sex for those who aren't married. Right? Because sex inside of marriage between a man and a woman is how God designed it. 
See, it comforts for a minute, but then it leads to a trap of death. Maybe for you it's drugs or getting drunk. Again, it comforts for a minute, but then it leads to a trap of death. Maybe it's just a bad friend. It's one who encourages you to do things against the word of God or who doesn't encourage you to do the right things. Maybe it's unbiblical beliefs or thoughts that are ruling your life. The thought that no one cares about me, so I might as well just end it. Or I'm a mistake. Guys, last week, I had a probably 65-year-old guy come into the church. And Pastor and Levi spent probably two hours talking to him, and the whole time what he kept saying was, I'm a mistake. I should have never been born. All I do is screw up. And he's 65 years old. Don't let that be you. Don't get to 65 years old still believing the lie that you should have never been born. God created you on purpose for a purpose. The circumstances may look like you shouldn't have been born, but God doesn't make mistakes. And it says that he works all things together for good. Or maybe the the belief or thought that is ruling your life is that you were born the wrong gender. Again, God doesn't make a mistake. Or maybe it's, well, God just wants me to be happy. So if what I'm doing is wrong, but it makes me happy, he must be okay with it, right? Or maybe the hired hand for you is anxiety. And it tells you that it's protecting you, but what it's really doing is trapping you to a slow, slow death. See, the hired hand, all of those things that I just mentioned, and whatever it is that I didn't, but it's got you, it doesn't care about you. It's leading you to death. But Jesus, the good shepherd, the one who owns us, the one who cares about us, he didn't run when things got hard. He didn't run when things got real. He didn't run when things looked scary. No, Jesus stayed because he cares. And he laid down his life so that we could be eternally his. The second thing is a good shepherd leads his sheep. A good shepherd leads his sheep. So I'm going to read verses 3 and 4. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, Jesus has gone before us. He's already gone before us, and he's endured every temptation. Whatever it might be, he's endured it. 
and yet he was without sin. What a beautiful picture that he can relate to whatever it is you might be feeling, yet he overcame it for us. And he went before us carrying his cross to death, and he continues to go before us because he rose again. He gave us his life as an example, and he left the Holy Spirit with us to continue to lead and guide us. So let's look back to this shepherd analogy. I want to ask you a question. What do the sheep need to do in order to be led by the shepherd? What do the sheep need to do in order to be led by the shepherd? Listen. They need to be close. If you want to be led, you have to be close enough to listen, like Pastor Beth said. But even better, you want to see. You want to see and hear him. So I'm going to ask for a volunteer to help me in a little illustration. Sure, I saw your hand first, so let's go, bud. Meet me right up here in front of the stage on the floor. Cool. Ready? Okay. So I want you to do a simple task. It's to listen and follow my instruction. Can you do it? Yes. Thumbs up and a head nod. Okay, great. So it's Wednesday night. It's youth night. In this illustration, I am a shepherd. Not going to try and be Jesus. But remember, the shepherd is the analogy of Jesus. So I am the shepherd. Escher is the sheep or the rest of us. So it's Wednesday. It's youth night, which means that we're here at the wild, right? Like you are all right now. So Escher, I want you to follow me. Okay, and now it's Thursday. I want you to close your eyes. Now I want you to follow me. It's Friday. This way, Escher. And it's Saturday. Escher, this way. Okay, stop. You can open your eyes because it's Sunday morning and we're at church. So now follow me. Okay, stop. Close your eyes. It's Monday. This way. And now it's Tuesday. This way, over here. Okay, stop. It's Wednesday again. Everyone give it up for Escher. Thank you. So I think, all right, I ask myself the question, how many of us are following Jesus like that? You saw what happened, right? That when his eyes were open, it was much easier to follow where I was going. And all along the way, I was still calling out. I was still telling him to come this way, but his eyes were closed, so he couldn't see it. And we come to church on Wednesday night, and on Saturday night or Sunday morning, 
where we hear from him and we get closer to him. But then the rest of the week, maybe we pray here and there or listen to worship music, but we never open our Bible and read it. In order to be close to Jesus, we have to be consistently reading our Bible. Because if you want to hear him and you want to see him, the Bible is where it's going to happen. And there have been so many times in my life where I've, I've been at a crossroads, I've needed to make a decision, and nine out of ten times, it happened in my own personal time with God. It didn't happen when I was at church. While the sermons are great, they're teaching, right? This Yes, you should be coming to church. But when you have your own relationship and you are investing and wanting to hear from God, it's going to happen on your own. In your own time, reading the word, just you and God. In order to follow him, we have to be close to him. So the question that I have for you before small groups is am I close enough to Jesus to follow him? Thanks for tuning in to the Wild Youth Podcast. If you like what you heard, follow us on our socials at the Wild YTH or come in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Stay wild, fam.